Hi, this is Chris, and we're starting out today's adventure in Odyssey with a visit to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Right now, I'm standing in the center of the Lincoln Memorial. The statue of Lincoln is amazing. It's huge, but, but it looks almost real. In fact, it's so lifelike, you can almost imagine him talking to you. Hello, Chris. You, you talked. I know. It's amazing what you can do on radio, isn't it? Uh, but, but... Look, I know it's a shock, but you'll get over it. Just play the theme. Okay. Oh, hi there. I was just working on one of my inventions here. I'm John Avery Whittaker, but you can call me Whit. And this is Odyssey. Hey... Let's see if this thing works. Hold it! Okay, so it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. Oh, don't take my word for it, though. You can find out for yourself when you come along on today's Adventures in Odyssey. believe I'm talking to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, how are you, Mr. President? A little stiff, actually. Comes from sitting in one position all day. I guess that would get pretty tiresome. You're telling me. But that's not half as tiresome as hearing about what's been going on in our nation during the past few years. What do you mean? Well, from what I can gather, people are beginning to feel like they don't really have any control over what's happening in this country of ours. Is this true? I'm sorry to say it, Mr. President, but it is. A lot of people figure that our government and leaders are going to do what they want whether they get involved or not. So why get involved? That's terrible. In our country, the people are the government. They have the power to make things happen for good. Or to stop bad things from happening. And they do that by voting. That's what we're going to learn on today's adventure, Mr. President. Really? I'd like to hear it. And you will, when our adventure in Odyssey returns right after this. My dog has fleas. Ooh, it's Eugene, and Eugene sings! Yes, it's the world's first all-song CD from that boy genius who stars in the exciting series Adventures in Odyssey! So take it from me, Paula Doyle, Live and I, Eugene Sings! For more information, call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-FAMILY or visit witsend.org. There's a big rally going on at Wit's End. Horace Higginbotham is making a speech, and there are kids all over the place. Only none of them are listening to Horace. Let's find out why. And if I'm elected class president, I promise to do everything I can to put this school on the map. So remember, a vote for Horace Higginbotham is a vote for the student. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hi, Tom. Oh, Whit. This is some turnout you have here. Isn't it, though? 
just goes to show you that kids really are interested in learning about the political process. Yeah. Of course, the free ice cream samples you're handing out might have something to do with it, too. Doesn't hurt to give them a little push in the right direction, does it? Not at all. And while you're at it, how about pushing one of those samples in my direction? <laughs> Here. Thanks. Come on, Connie. I need it. Please. For the last time, N-O, Horace. But why? Because it's stupid. That's why. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. What's stupid? Horace wants me to back him for class president. Well, for what it's worth, Horace, I'll back you. I caught your speech a couple of minutes ago, and it sounded good. Real barn burner. I think you'd make a fine class president. Yeah, if I get elected. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting tired of all this election stuff. I have to put up with it all day at my school. Now I have to put up with it here at work, too. I take it you don't find all this very exciting, Connie. Is that right? Right. Well, you mind if I ask why? Because it's just a popularity contest. It doesn't mean anything. Well, that might be true at this stage in your lives, but it won't be in the future. It's good practice. Someday you'll have to elect our country's leaders for real. Voting in school elections sort of prepares you for the real thing. Yeah, that's what my mom says, too. But I don't see what's so great about those elections, either. You don't see what's great about deciding who'll run our country? Sure, if my vote was the one that did that. But it wouldn't. I mean, when you come right down to it, one vote really doesn't make any difference. Well, I can see you've never heard the story of Jameson Shoemaker. Who? Jameson Shoemaker. He was an Indiana farmer. Was? I take it, then, he's no longer with us. Where'd he go? He died, Horace. Oh. Well, it's only natural. He lived more than 150 years ago. Wow! If he were alive today, he'd be dead. Very good. <laughs> well, actually, the story of Jameson Shoemaker begins in the state of Texas. Hey, I thought you said he was from Indiana. Well, he was, but you have to hear the whole story. Now, like I was saying, the story of Jameson Shoemaker starts in the state of Texas in the year 1845. Only it wasn't a state then, it was a territory. You see, it was a cold December day, and Sam Houston, the president of Texas, sat in his office with his staff, keeping an anxious eye on a lonely road that came down from the north. That road was very important to those people, because on it traveled a rider with news that could change their lives. I sure wish I knew what was keeping him, Mr. President. Well, it's cold outside, Homer, and the road's a difficult one to travel on. He'll get here when he gets here. Standing and watching won't make it happen any faster. You might want to tell that to the folks outside, sir. There's quite a crowd gathering out there. Yeah, they're as anxious for the news as we are. Yeah, but I don't think some of them want the same news as you and me. A lot of folks out there still don't want Texas to be a state. Well, the majority of them do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have voted for it. Much greater concern to me is how the Senate feels. We need 36 votes for statehood, but... I don't know if we have them. Hmm. Does seem kind of hopeless, don't it? I mean, it's hard enough to get 36 men to agree on something, much less 36 politicians. <laughs> uh, that's very true, my friend. But perhaps, perhaps there's a greater power working for it. President Houston? Here, son. It's a little bit crumpled. Sorry about that. Quite all right. You must be tired from your journey. Go and get some food, would you? Begging your pardon, sir, but, well, I'm a Texan, too. <laughs> Good man. Let's deliver your message, shall we? My friends, because of this message's importance to all of us, 
I didn't feel right about reading it alone. So I, like you, will be hearing it for the first time. To the Honorable Sam Houston, from his humble servant, Stephen Austin. Sir, I send greetings from Washington to you in Texas, the 28th and newest state in the Union. I shall tell you of the many remarkable events surrounding this news, but I must tell you of one now. As the names were called for the vote, I noticed that a senator from Indiana, Harrigan by name, a man whom I thought to be against us, cast his ballot in our favor. And when the final count arrived, Texas had indeed become the 28th state by a margin of one vote. He goes on to say, I don't know why Senator Harrigan changed his mind. I only thank God for it, as should all good citizens of the new state of Texas. We'll hear more about Jameson Shoemaker when our adventure in Odyssey continues right after this. Six years in the making. Listen, drums. Oh. Those are Kaloman drums. From the makers of Adventures in Odyssey. Of course I'm human. Before there were hobbits, <gasps> there was the wardrobe. Back through the rafters. Focus on the Family Radio Theater presents C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. We must attack now. Playing on the biggest screen of all, your imagination. To learn more, visit enternarnia.com. That's enternarnia.com. Someone is lurking in the night shadows of Wit's End. Someone is performing secret experiments with the imagination station. Someone is about to be discovered. It's Eugene! Eugene is back, and you can celebrate the exciting homecoming in an all-new album from Adventures in Odyssey. Look for A Most Surprising Return, now presented in an all-new way, a two-CD set of six new episodes. A Most Surprising Return features this historic return of Eugene Meltzner and exciting stories that take you far into Odyssey's future and far into the past. Plus, all-new fun with Wooten. Don't miss it, A Most Surprising Return. Log on to witsend.com. Or call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-FAMILY. And now, the conclusion of today's adventure in Odyssey. You mean Texas became a state by only one vote? That's right. Wow, what do you say now, Connie? That Harrigan guy was a senator. Senators have power. Naturally, his vote is going to make a difference. But that still doesn't mean that a normal person's vote means anything. No, 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 no. wait a minute, Connie. You haven't heard the rest of the story yet. It just so happens that this next part deals with that very subject. It takes place in 1839, six years before, and this time in the state of Indiana. Only, this was no ordinary day. That day, legislators from across the state had gathered in Indianapolis for a very special vote. And one of those legislators was a man named Madison Marsh. Well, gentlemen, you know the situation as well as I. We've chosen one senator, but we still have one to go. Now, I keep you both on my staff to advise me. 
And during this five-minute recess, before the vote, I'd like to see you earn your money. Mr. Bear? Well, quite frankly, sir, I think your choice is absolutely clear. There's only one man qualified for this job, and that's Tyler Zumwalt. Zumwalt? That's right, Zumwalt. I mean, he's intelligent, courageous, and knows how to get things done. You left something out, didn't you? What's that? He also happens to be a crook. Oh, then who do you recommend, Mr. Lang? Yes, Mr. Lang. Well, sir, I don't see how you can do any wrong at all by voting for Rothschild. Rothschild? Yes, Rothschild. He certainly has more political and governmental experience than Zumwalt. Well, oh, maybe, but he's against everything we stand for. Gentlemen, gentlemen, aren't you forgetting that there's a third choice? There is. Who? Harrigan. <laughs> oh, no, sir. You wouldn't want to vote for him. I wouldn't. Why not? Well, sir, because he's, he's untried and untested. No one knows what his views are. I mean, there's no telling what kind of crazy thing he might do in Washington. Oh, I see. And that's exactly why you should vote for Rothschild, sir. With him, you'll always know where you stand. Yes, and quicksand. Sir, Zumwalt will help protect us as a state. And then steal it right from under our noses. I'm telling you, it's... Time for the vote. Time for the vote. All representatives will please return to their seats. Well, that's it then. I beg you, sir, vote for Zumwalt. Rothschild, sir, Rothschild. Uh, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. You've both done your jobs. I now know exactly who to cast my ballot for. Well, this is quite extraordinary. After counting up the votes thus far, it appears we have a three-way tie. And uh, since Mr. Smith is ill, Mr. Dugan is absent, seems the deciding vote falls to you, Mr. Marsh. Mr. Chairman, after listening to my advisors and giving this matter careful thought, I feel there is only one possible choice. I cast my vote for Mr. James Harrigan. So Harrigan was elected senator by one vote? Yep, the vote of Madison Marsh. Pretty incredible, wouldn't you say, Connie? Well, maybe. But what does all this have to do with Jameson Shoemaker? Ah, well, now we arrive at the capper of this story. We move back a couple more years to a special day in 1837. For Jameson Shoemaker, the day started as any other, out in his field doing some plowing to get ready for the corn season. But by day's end, he would set into motion a truly remarkable chain of events. I am bound for the promised land. <laughs> oh, Betsy. Yeah, time for a rest, girl. <laughs> Jameson, Jameson Shoemaker, how'd he do? Oh, it's only Reynolds. What? How'd he do, good neighbor Jameson? Would you mind telling me, Richard Reynolds, well, just why you want to scare me half to death by screaming like a savage and riding your horse across my freshly plowed field? Well, now, I am just right sorry, Jameson. But you know me. I always get this way on election day. Getting in some early celebrating, are you? Uh, come again? Election day's not till tomorrow, Reynolds. Well, sir, now, I just wouldn't doubt your word none, Jameson. Good. But if today ain't election day, hmm? then there sure is an awful lot of people in town voting for no reason. What? Yeah, I just came from there. Cast one of the ballots myself. 
Good night. And me out here plowing all day. Reynolds, uh, would you do me a favor? Oh, anything, neighbor. Help me unhitch Betsy and then take my plow back to the barn. I've got to get to town. Can we close down now? Nope. We still got five minutes. Oh, don't be so nitpicky. The rules say that the polls are supposed to stay open till 5 p.m. It is now 4.55. If we close now, we'd be breaking the rules. But I already counted the other votes. Look, nobody else is going to come. And besides, we don't have any ballots left. That don't matter one little bit. The rules say this poll is supposed to stay open till 5 o'clock. And 5 o'clock is how late this poll is going to stay open. I'm telling you, nobody else is coming. <sighs> Am I too late? Nobody coming, huh? No, sir, you surely ain't. <sighs> Only we don't have no more official ballots. Huh? What? Uh, well, well, what do we do then? The rule book don't say nothing about the ballot having to be official. Oh, good. Do you know who you want to vote for? Oh, well, yes, sir, I surely do. Can you write? Uh... Yes, I can. Well, then, just put his name down on this piece of paper here. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm finished. And just in time, this poll is now officially closed. It's about time. So, uh, well, what do I do with my vote? Now, here, give it to me. Ah, 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 ah. You slapped my hand. What'd you do that for? You know as well as I do that that ain't official procedure. All votes gotta go in the ballot box. Oh, for goodness sake. I'm the one who takes him out of the ballot box. Why can't we just save a step and have him hand it to me? Because that would be breaking the rules. You just said that the poll was closed. It is. But that don't have nothing to do with where the ballot goes once the vote has been made. And it goes in the box. All right, all right. Stick it in there, then. Wonderful. Can I take it out now? Yep. Thank you very much. Okay, let's see here. Well? Well, what? Who won? You sure there ain't no rule about me having to tell somebody else first? No. Who won? I'm pleased to announce that our new representative to the Indiana State Legislature is... Mr. Madison Marsh. Madison Marsh? Wow! Why, he's the one I just voted for! Well, congratulations. I'm glad your man won. Not half as glad as he's going to be when he finds out you voted for him. Well, what do you mean? Look at here. This column is all the votes Marsh got. 218. Right. And this column here is all the votes his opponent got. Hmm, 217. But, but that means that, that I, I... Your homemade ballot put him into office. Well, I'll be. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, well, what's the matter? I just hope I made the right choice. <laughs> well, history will tell. It surely will. And that is the story of Jameson Shoemaker. Is that really true? Yep. Shoemaker voted for Marsh, who won by one vote. Marsh voted for Harrigan, who won by one vote. And Harrigan voted for Texas Statehood, which won by one vote. I had to fill in some of the details, but the basic story is completely true. How one ordinary man with one ordinary vote was directly responsible for Texas becoming a state. That was great, Mr. Whitaker. Do you mind if I use it in my campaign? Hmm, not at all, Horace. 
Thanks. Well, Connie, what do you say now? Still think that one vote doesn't make a difference? What can I say? I mean, Witt just proved that it does. But you gotta admit that that was a pretty remarkable coincidence. No, I don't admit anything of the kind. Oh, come on. Things like that just don't happen all the time. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think they're coincidences. I don't get you. A coincidence is supposedly something that happens by chance. Something that humans don't have any control over. But none of what happened in the story was by chance. Each one of those men carefully and clearly cast his vote for a specific person or purpose. They had strong beliefs and they acted on them. Well, yeah, but don't you think that it's strange the way everything worked out? I mean, each one winning by just one vote? Well, that depends on how you look at it. Which is the second reason why I don't believe it was coincidental. And that is? I don't believe anything is coincidental. See, you call what happened in the story strange, but I prefer to use a different word, providential. All a part of God's plan. Those men acted and God used their actions to work his will. But everything was so close. I mean, right down to one vote. There's no rule that says God can't be dramatic, is there? That's the reason it's so important for us to keep trusting him, no matter what's going on around us. We only see the here and now, but he sees the big picture. That's what David meant when he said in Psalm 90 that God is from everlasting to everlasting. And not only does God see the big picture, but he's in control of it, too. Is that what you believe, Mr. Riley? Well, all things considered, I think Witt said it pretty well. What do you think? I think... I don't know. I need to think about it some more. I also think I'd better start cleaning this place up. I think that's a good idea. You know, it amazes me how you can take any subject and relate it to God or the Bible. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Do you know what I find even more amazing? What? I think I'm kind of getting used to it. I think Horace's campaign will get a real boost from that story. It just goes to show what can happen when people care enough to get involved. And you know, getting involved is something God wants us to do as well. In Matthew 22:21, Jesus said, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Well, just as Caesar was the government at that time in history, so we citizens are the government now. And Christians have a duty to be a part of that government, to support the things that are good, and to change the things that are bad. Well, that's today's adventure. What'd you think? I'd love to hear from you about it. Our address is Odyssey, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. In Canada, write to Box 9800, Vancouver, B.C., V6B4G3. And when you write, don't forget to ask about how you can get a copy of this broadcast. It's called A Single Vote. The address once again is Odyssey, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. Adventures in Odyssey is a presentation of Focus on the Family. Today's program was written and directed by Phil Lawler. Our production engineer was Bob Luttrell. And our executive producer, Chuck Bolte. And I'm Chris, hoping you'll join us again next time for more Adventures in Odyssey.
Here's another fun fact from the Odyssey Scrapbook. Did you know that the adventures we now have in Odyssey actually began in a 13-week test series called Family Portraits? It was aired on the Daily Focus on the Family broadcast with Dr. James Dobson. There we entered into the lives and situations of the people who lived in Odyssey. One of them was a quirky gentleman named John Avery Whitaker. You see, about a hundred years ago, the folks who lived around here got together to give the town a name. When it came around to old Doc McAllister, he said the name should have something to do with where the settlement was situated. It's in a beautiful valley, he said, a place everyone ought to see. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you can figure out the rest. <laughs> because of his genuine kindness and deep love for people, Whit became the center of family portraits and ultimately Adventures in Odyssey. The first episode premiered in November 1987. Do you know the name of that very first episode? It was called, curiously enough, Wit's Flop. You can find Wit's Flop and many of the other original episodes in the album called Adventures in Odyssey, the Early Classics. Ask how you can get your own copy by writing to Odyssey, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. Or in Canada, write to Box 9800, Vancouver, B.C., B6B 4G3.